Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today? I'm Nancy Murdoch, and you are listening to Nancy at Noon. I do this weekly podcast and radio show specifically for baby boomer grandparents like you to help you create and record your life stories for your grandkids in a way that is entertaining, educational, and fun. Hey, we want our grandkids to think of us as the cool world changers that we know ourselves to be. We may not be living in the 60s and 70s anymore, but I know that in my heart, I'm still a hippie. I've read many articles where the millennials and Gen Xers say baby boomers ruined the world for them. I've heard baby boomers say that millennials are lazy, that they don't know what hard work looks like, and they have an entitled attitude. We need to end the gap between generations and stop name-calling and judging each other. These are our children and our grandchildren. We are their parents and their grandparents. We need to start communicating with them. We have what it takes to do what we need to do. We all have the expressive and imaginative powers necessary to set the record straight for our kids and our grandkids. They need to know our side of the story, why we did what we did, and even how we feel about it today. And they need to hear it in a way that opens up their hearts and their minds in order to bridge the generation gap. We can do it. We've gained wisdom and knowledge by meeting life's challenges. The only thing that appears to be standing in the way is fear. When fear is present, we can achieve nothing. Today I'm going to talk to you about fear and how to override your fear of telling your story. Before I get started, I'm going to give you uh, my contact information. Then at the end of the show, I'll give it to you again, in case you didn't get a chance to write it down the first time. So make sure you have a pen and paper handy for later. You might even want to take notes today. Who knows? You can call me at 519-396-9864 Eastern Time or send an email to me at nancy at nancymurdoch.com. If you're interested in finding your greater purpose and making a deeper connection with your grandkids and your kids, please visit my website. There's a lot of great information on it, nancymurdoch.com. I started putting on life story writing workshops in my local area, I had lots of people who wanted to learn how to tell and record their stories for the grandkids. They absolutely loved the idea and were very excited to get started. I remember sitting with a group of participants and the ideas were flying. They had so many stories to tell and each time someone mentioned an experience they had lived or a memory they had, it triggered more ideas in all the other participants. They felt inspired, uplifted. They felt creative and empowered to record their stories. Then something happened. Before we got together for the next class, several of the participants suddenly became very hesitant. I was baffled. They had all been so excited. They all loved our first meeting. They loved the group dynamics. They loved working together and being coached in person by me. They left the first session having written down their ideas, their theme, their title, and their first sentence. They were excited to take it home and write the first draft to their stories, ready to reconvene again for the next step. But they kept making excuses why they couldn't make the next session. I kept changing the dates and times to accommodate, but I was still met with excuses. Again, I was totally baffled. 
and a little frustrated because it was difficult to keep rearranging dates and times that could work for everyone. Some participants had full-time day jobs and others were retired but didn't want to meet in the evening or on weekends when it suited the participants with jobs. I had no idea what was going on. So I asked all of them individually what was up and why were they hesitating. I was totally dumbfounded by their answers. Gobsmacked, I guess is the word in Britain. They all said the same thing. They were afraid to tell their stories, even to their grandchildren who absolutely adored them. That baffled me even more. Why would these grandparents, who were so excited about the idea of storytelling and recording, who had put the effort in to write the skeleton of their stories, who paid for the workshop and sincerely wanted to record their stories, suddenly be afraid to tell them? They told their stories to me and the group. They were all well-educated, intelligent adults. Why would they be afraid to tell their stories to the eager ears of their grandkids who loved them very much? It didn't make sense to me. The stories they were going to tell weren't deep, dark family secrets they didn't want exposed to the world. They weren't about murderers or horse thieves or stagecoach robbers. They weren't even about anything bad that happened to these baby boomer grandparents in their past. We were working on turning fond memories into three to seven minute fun little stories. That's it. These were experiences the grandparents had already lived. Stories they chose to tell. I didn't ask them to dig up the most horrible experience they could remember. Their stories were about vacations they took or the first summer job they had. Some of the grandparents wanted to tell their grandkids about an award they received at school or a sports team they were on or about their favorite holiday or birthday memory. Happy things, happy memories. I wanted to get to the bottom of this fear thing, so I dug deeper and asked them to help me understand what they were afraid of so I could help them move through their fear and get their first story recorded. I could see in their eyes how much they wanted to record their stories, but whatever the fear was they were experiencing, it was holding them back big time. What I learned was that one of their fears was about exposing themselves. When you tell your story, no matter what story you tell, you put yourself out there. You put yourself in a vulnerable situation where people can judge you. It's not fun being judged, and it's often very painful, especially if the people judging you don't know all the circumstances involved or the full story. We aren't perfect. We make mistakes. That's how we learn and grow. That's why we've gained the wisdom from these very same life experiences. Wisdom we need to share with our grandkids so they don't have a love-hate relationship with us. They love us as grandparents, but hate us as baby boomers who ruined the world. I remember when I started writing my first book. I had no plans to record it or to publish it and send it out to the world. But regardless, I procrastinated for a very long time. I found every excuse possible. The dishes needed washing, laundry needed to be folded and put away, snow needed to be shoveled, grass needed cutting, kids needed attention, TV shows needed to be watched, phone calls needed to be made, cakes needed to be baked. The excuses went on and on and on. Everything became more important than writing my book. But I was dealing with a lot of inner conflict over my behavior because none of those things was more important than me writing my stories. None of them. One day I walked into my bedroom and my daughter, Ariana, had made my bed all nice and cozy with pillows and a bed tray. On the bed tray was my laptop computer with a fresh new Word doc opened up that said, Mom's Story. Ariana came into the room with some snacks for me and said, You have no excuse now, so start writing your book. 
How could I argue with that? So I started writing the first chapter of my book, the first story I wanted to tell. I just started typing. It wasn't good, and I eventually ended up deleting everything I wrote. But I started, and that was the point. Later, much later, I realized I procrastinated because I was afraid of what would happen if I unleashed the monster that was hiding inside me. What if I said all those things I needed to say? The stories I told involved other people. What if those people remembered it differently and got angry at me for the way I told it? What if they hated me? What if my family read it? They would know all those things I did that I never told anyone about. Some of those things I'm not too proud of either. What if people thought I should have been more mature for my age and should have known better? What if they thought I was stupid or naive or mean or gullible? What if I wasn't a good writer and people thought my story was boring? By people, I meant me because I wasn't planning on letting anyone read it. But still, I had fear of failure, fear of rejection, uh, fear of being accused of portraying myself and coming off as someone I was not, fear of people thinking I was still that person even though many years had gone by. The one fear I did not have was fear of having something to say. I had a lot to say. That's why I wanted to write my stories in a book. I had chapters and chapters of things to say. I had so much to say, I didn't know where to begin. I had so much to say, I began writing on Mother's Day and ended one year later on Mother's Day. One year of almost nonstop writing. That's how much I had to say. So yeah, I had experienced the same fear that my workshop participants were experiencing. I had just forgotten about it because it was so long ago. But in all honesty, recently when I wanted to start recording some of those stories from my book, from my podcast and my radio show, that fear resurfaced again. I read through some of those stories and thought, damn, these are good. They are well-written, interesting, full of emotion, mostly anger and sarcasm told in a humorous way. At least I think they're humorous. But I felt I wanted to hold back and rewrite them so they were, I don't know, calmer, more watered down less of how things really happened and more of how I thought I would be accepted if I told them differently. I was facing the fear of being exposed, and I felt vulnerable. I was just like my course participants. I wanted so badly to record my stories, but I didn't want people judging me. I'm absolutely willing to admit I was naive, and I did some stupid things that I'm not so proud of. That's who I was then, but it's not who I am now. And although I still feel a twinge of wanting to mask my stupidity and my anger and tell a watered-down version, I'm not going to because those stories have such great value, not just for my daughters and my grandson, but for everyone, because I went through some things that I know all of us go through, and I came out the other side, wiser, smarter, and richer in character. If people can learn from the mistakes I made and the experiences I went through, and be entertained in the process, then it's my duty, no, it's my obligation to get those stories out to the public and just suck up the fear of being judged. But I knew my workshop participants needed help to move beyond their fear. So I created a tutorial just for them to help them deal with whatever fear they were up against. I taught it to them for free. That's how much I wanted them to be able to connect with their grandkids and share their stories. I didn't want anything to stop them or block them or stand in their way. These boomers had such fun and interesting stories to tell. I sincerely wanted them to be able to tell their stories with confidence and have fun doing it. This wasn't school. No one was being graded. 
no one was going to be made to stand up and read their story in front of a class of sneering, judgmental peers. It was just about some of us young-at-heart grandmas and grandpas getting together to give our grandkids a piece of our lives in our own voices. So I walked my workshop participants through my new tutorial called Four Steps to Override Your Fear of Writing. After we were finished, and I saw how eager they were to get started telling their stories, I realized how valuable that tutorial really is. So I decided that I needed to make it publicly available to everyone for free. Because if fear is holding you back from telling your stories, then I want to help you overcome that fear. Like my workshop participants, sometimes we don't know we have a fear of telling our stories until we actually try to start writing. Stop for a moment and ask yourself why you haven't signed up for my course yet or contacted me to help you get started. Do your grandkids know about all the crazy, wonderful, or absolutely normal things you did earlier in life? Do they know the hardships you've gone through or the struggles you've overcome? Do you think you have any guidance for them or wisdom to share with them? Do you think they would like to have an audio keepsake from you, an audio legacy, one that is well-written and well-told, that they want to listen to over and over again? Well, I'm sure they would. My daughter still listens to some stories I recorded back when she was very young, maybe three or four years old, maybe younger. I didn't use sophisticated recording software. I recorded on a cassette tape player, and she still listens to it. Not on a cassette. We've upgraded. Now she listens to my stories with her one-year-old. It helps him fall asleep. I've come a long way since the cassette recorder days. I've perfected the art of storytelling, and I make my recordings fun with lots of sound effects and music added in. It's amazing how a story is brought to life with the right sound effects and music. And these are all the things I teach you how to do. Think about your grandkids right now. Don't think about your fear or your lack of confidence. Think about how important they are to you and how important you are to them. I don't know any grandchild or son or daughter who wouldn't relish and cherish a legacy collection of stories from their grandparents. And I can help you turn your memories into real stories with characters they can relate to, colorful scenes and settings, a theme that is universal and a message they will remember, they can learn from and carry with them forever. If fear has been stopping you, then go sign up for my free course and let me help you get over your fear. The course is on my website, nancymurdoch.com. Go to the Courses tab in the drop-down menu bar, then click on Four Steps to Override Your Fear of Writing. Like I said, it's absolutely free, and it will get you started addressing your fear of writing and telling your stories. Creative expression is part of who we are as human beings. We need to express ourselves through some form of art, music, dance, hobbies, crafts, or writing. It's a way to connect with the world around us and to release repressed emotions. When we pour ourselves into our writing, our feelings turn into words, and each sentence speaks of who we are and who we want to become. Whether you are writing a fictional story or a personal memoir, you are forced to use your imagination and examine life from different perspectives. Writing asks you to dig deep and investigate who you are at the core essence of your being. Creative writing offers you the opportunity to explore your needs, your desires, your fears, your secrets, hopes, and longings. It provides you with a way to understand what it's like to be a mom or an artist or what it's like to be a teacher, a friend, a lover, a hero, and a culprit. 
Through writing, you develop a better understanding of yourself and others. You get to revisit time and rewrite history the way you want to remember it. When you have fear, it shuts you down. Your body goes into stress mode. I don't care how well you think you're handling stress. Your body is reacting according to the perspective you have of your immediate environment. That environment can be the thoughts in your head that are causing your fear. I watched my daughter this year endure an incredible amount of stress from work and making decisions about what law school to go to, whether to move all the way across the country or stay closer to home. She claimed she was not under stress, but I saw all the signs, and her physiology was reacting accordingly. She was being flooded in a constant streaming chemical bath of stress hormones. Stress is disharmony, and it breaks down your health. All your fight-flight-freeze hormones go into action and shut off your creativity and your imagination. Fear triggers the stress reaction. So when you are afraid of exposing yourself through writing, or you don't have the confidence in the way you are expressing yourself or putting your words on paper, your creative center in the brain stops functioning. Remember, the reason for the stress reaction is to get you out of danger. The chemicals that flood your body are only supposed to be there for a short time until you run away from the tiger. But if that tiger is constantly with you, you are continually being flooded with the stress chemicals and your creative centers remain deactivated. No one said it's easy to be a writer, but if you truly want to write your story, a memoir, or even a full series of novels, it's necessary to move beyond fear. Fear and lack of confidence come with a huge variety of debilitating symptoms. We often call them by different names, saying things such as, we aren't good enough, don't have anything to write about, don't know how to write or where to begin. You may use the excuses, yes, these are all excuses, that you don't have a clear plan or maybe that you're too lazy or unmotivated, you don't have time to fit it into your schedule or that people will criticize your work. That may all be true, but they are just symptoms or conditions of a deeper issue. In order to move beyond a condition, it's helpful to understand the underlying reason for the condition. The only reason we don't do what we want to do is because of an experience we had, usually early in life, that left us feeling hurt or rejected, unsafe, abandoned, or alone. These negative emotions are buried deep in our cellular memory, and every time we decide to write a story, a memoir, or even an article, those emotions are triggered and we receive danger warning signs. Danger, danger. These danger signs show up in the form of the symptoms I just mentioned. Lack of confidence, fear of success or failure, inadequacy, nothing to write about, or whatever symptom we personally have decided to wear in protection against the dangers of writing. Why would our bodies try to warn us about something that seems so harmless? I mean, really, how can writing a story hurt us? Our minds remember everything, whether on a conscious or subconscious level. And all these memories are stored in our body cells and tissues. When we were young, we were required to do a lot of things that we weren't always prepared for emotionally, such as reading aloud in class or sharing personal information with a group of peers who were not necessarily our friends. We may have been ridiculed or criticized by adults who were authority figures in our lives, such as teachers, parents, relatives, church officials, or even older siblings. These experiences left us with emotional scars that stop us from doing what we love today. 
When we back away from what we truly love, our soul takes a hit. Not honoring the creative individual we are at the core level lowers our self-esteem and lowers our confidence, which in turn sets up obstacles in our path. It's these obstacles that stop us from writing. I remember when I was in first grade, we were in the middle of a spelling test, and my teacher told me to stand up and tear my test paper in half in front of the whole class. She said I was cheating. I wasn't cheating. I was excellent at spelling. I won or came very close to winning most of the school spelling bees. I was good because my dad was a teacher in another school district, and my family knew the value of a good education. Every morning before my brother and sisters and I went to school, my dad had us spelling words. He would give us some words the night before and ask us to learn how to spell them. Then in the morning, he would test us on them. I was a very shy child, the kind that likes to become invisible in a crowd or a classroom. But regardless, I tried to tell my teacher that I didn't cheat, that I had finished writing the words she had dictated and was daydreaming, waiting for the rest of the class to be finished. But she wouldn't listen and didn't believe me. She didn't try to believe me. She didn't look at my test paper to see what I had written or what I hadn't written. So I stood up and ripped my test in half while the whole class watched. I was absolutely mortified. That's when I learned about victimization, injustice, and humiliation. I learned not to trust authority figures and that the truth is insignificant in the presence of someone who has power. Regardless of whether we write life stories, fiction or nonfiction, we become vulnerable with every word we put on the page. Our innermost thoughts, our hopes, dreams, desires, and failures are revealed to us and or to others. There is no escape. Fear stops us from laying our feelings of unworthiness and inadequacy on the table for all to see. It also causes us to abandon any writing projects we might want to start or finish. As we all know, at the end, it's not the things we did that we will regret. It's the things we didn't do. If recording good audio stories for your grandchildren and family is important to you, and it is because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this show, then it's time to show fear who is the boss in your life. One man I was working with recently was afraid to tell his story for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. He'd actually never told his story to anyone before because it was... It was a very difficult story for him to tell, and he didn't want to be judged. But Casey wanted his grandson to know the story because it was about the birth of his father. Casey came to me because he wanted my personal coaching to help him tell his story. He wanted to tell his story, but he was very hesitant. At the beginning of our session, he started out telling me about another story that he wanted to record and share with his grandson, but I knew he was holding something back. I knew this was not the story he wanted to tell. He didn't have any fire behind it, no emotion, no passion. It didn't take long before I was able to make him feel comfortable sharing the story with me. I have that kind of energy. People find it easy to open up to me. They know I'm not going to judge them, that I just want to inspire them to share what they are ready to share and feel comfortable doing it. I talked Casey through the uh, four steps to override your fear of writing tutorial. Then he was ready and he told me the real story he wanted to record for his grandson. I have a really nice process that I take people through. It's fun and simple. You don't have to be a writer because I created this process to help draw the story from you in a way that is it's basically it's almost magical. Within an hour, Casey had the whole story written, including all the details, the title, the theme, and the special message for his grandson at the end. 
Once it was down on paper, it was clearly laid out, so Casey decided to tell it rather than read it. I'm going to play Casey's story for you in a few moments. Right now, before I forget, I want to invite you to take advantage of the free course I created for my workshop participants. It's called Four Steps to Override Your Fear of Writing. I spent time improving it and setting it up so that it gets to the core of your fear very quickly. It provides four exercises, and I'm confident it will help you move beyond your fear of writing. It won't take you long to complete it, and it will help you see things from a different perspective. I want you to override your fears so that you can communicate with your grandkids. They love you and adore you, and I believe you have great stories that they need to hear. So let me help you. I've been through it myself, and I came out the other side. I've helped other individuals get over their fear of writing with this same simple online course. And like I said, it's absolutely free. You have nothing to lose but fear itself. Once again, the course is called Four Steps to Override Your Fear of Writing. It's for everyone, regardless of what you want to write. You can find it on my website at nancymurdoch.com under the Courses tab drop-down menu, or just give me a call and I'll help you get started. All ready Take it away, Casey. Hi, my name is Casey Hepman, and I would like to relate a little story that occurred to me many, many years ago. This was a November day, and I'm walking into my classroom surrounded by my friends. And I think I'll call this story a, a sweat, because I did sweat. Upon entering the classroom, everything was upside down. The teacher hadn't come into the classroom yet. And we're talking about the good old times we're going to have on this particular day, what restaurant we're going to go have lunch and whatnot. You know, uh, the usual things the guys talk about. And then I noticed something. There was a note left for me on the blackboard. And it said, see the vice principal, Mr. Self. And all of a sudden, my heart went up to my throat. And I said, I think I'm in trouble. Well, the teacher walked in at 9 o'clock. And uh, he looked around. We sat down. He took the attendance. And he says, oh, there's a little note there for you, uh, Mr. Hetman. Uh, Mr. Self would like to see you. I guess you can go see him now. Oh, I thought. Did I have to? Did I have to go now? Couldn't I go after school? The reason why I'm thinking this way is because I didn't prepare a defense. Anyways, here I am. I'm walking out the classroom. I've got my books underneath my arm, and I'm walking down the hallway, and I'm thinking, 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 what am I going to tell him? What am I going to tell him? I got to the office, and there was a bench outside the office, and Mr. Self was talking to some teacher there, and he said, Ah, oh, Casey, hi. Come on in. Come on in. I'll be right with you. I sat down, and that's when I started feeling the sweat down my back. Goodness gracious. Mr. Self was a short man. He was only about five foot five, But, boy, he was tough. He was tough. He was quite a disciplinarian. If you got out of line, you had to pay for it. Oh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? My God, he'll never believe me. And if I tell him, what are they going to do to me? <laughs> well, anyways. Mrs. Self comes walking in. He says, ah, Casey, uh, I noticed you missed a few days of school. I said, yes, I wasn't feeling too good. Mm. Surprisingly, uh, we called your home, and your father-in-law apparently picked up the phone, and he said, Casey, he should be in school. Oh, my God, what am I going to tell him? What am I going to tell him? I'm thinking, I, I got I to gotta think fast. Well, do you know what, Mr. Self? 
I really wasn't feeling good, and I was living uh, with my over at my girlfriend's place because of trouble that I had at home. So I thought that I would need a little break, and I decided to go back home and try to make things up with my parents. Oh, I see. And what sort of problems were you having? Well, uh, you know, the usual problems that teenagers have. I said, uh, you know, my dad's got a bit of a drinking problem, and uh, he's very difficult to talk to. He says to me, well, did you rectify the problem? I says, uh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. Now the rest of the story. What actually happened was that uh, I was married, and my wife had a baby. She was down at the Toronto General Hospital, and on this particular day, I was supposed to go down, pick her up, and take her home. Well, her temperature went up a couple of degrees, and the doctor said it would be best for her to stay one more day at the hospital to make sure that everything was fine. So I said, fine, okay. Well, it was sort of like a wasted day because uh, I couldn't take her home that particular day. So I spent most of my time there. Then I actually went home back to my uh, parents' place, and I spent the night there. And the next morning, I went to the hospital, and everything seemed to be all right. Uh, her temperature went down. The baby was fine. She was breastfeeding it, and I sat there, and I watched, and the doctor come in, and he says, well, I guess you guys can go home around noontime. So I picked up my wife and my little baby boy, and we went home to her parents' place. Now, this story I could not tell Mr. Self, because complications would have arose. But luckily, I only had maybe about four months of schooling left because I was in grade 12. And I thought, well, you know what? I could probably ace it and I wouldn't have to tell him the story. Can you imagine what would happen if the word got out <laughs> that I was <laughs> married? Nobody knew. And the story was kept a secret. Well, I graduated grade 12. Unfortunately, I had to write all my exams, like 10 different subjects. Because I, during that course of the year, I missed something like 50 days of school, would you believe? And uh, that was one of the stipulations. You had to have a good attendance record to get uh, recommended in these subjects, which I didn't have. So I wrote up all my exams. I had the misfortune of failing two. And I had to go to summer school for six weeks to pick up on my physics and then to pick up on my chemistry. And that was it. It's sort of difficult to say how I would have played it out differently. I think maybe being a little bit more honest, I think maybe uh, telling the uh, school about it, I think I might have gotten a little bit of help. Uh, you know, what, what actually occurred, maybe I would have got better guidance. And the moral of the story is, uh, I was actually afraid to tell anybody because, you know, uh, th these were very troubling circumstances. Uh, I had a lot on my mind. I had school, and then yet I was married, and I, you know, I was a father. So I had to uh, <laughs> compile everything and, you know, try to make it the best I could. But uh, there are people out in the world that would, ha would have helped me if I would have maybe thought about it a little bit better. That's the rest of the story. <laughs>
Thank you, Casey, for letting me share your experience and your story today. Don't let fear stop you. Go ahead. Sign up for my free course. Then let me help you get started telling your stories. Storytelling is an art that can take time to learn and practice to be good at it. I've put in the time and I've done the practice. Now, because of my experience, I'm able to save you time and coach you to tell your awesome stories. I created a unique method. Nobody else uses this method. In order to reach your kids and your grandkids, you need to learn this method so they will want to hear what you have to say. Remember, right now, they think you ruined their world. It's time to tell them a different story, and I know how to help you do that. Got your pen and paper ready? My website is nancymurdoch.com. My email address is nancy at nancymurdoch.com. Reach out to me. I personally answer all of my emails. I'm going to leave you with this quote by Mark Twain. Keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you feel that you too can become great. Until next time, remember to make each moment awesome.